Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. tuning in to Belmont Buzz. I'm your host, Joanna Juvelis. The latest buzz we're going to talk about today is maintaining Belmont's buildings. And our guest is the man responsible for just that, Steve Dorrance. Hi, Joanna. Belmont's Director of Facilities. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. First, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where do you live? Tell me about your family and how you got into this line of work. So I live in Georgetown, which is uh, almost as far north as one can get. That and stay is in a the long state. commute to Belmont. Uh, about 90 minutes uh, with traffic, uh, but I'm in early and often leave late, so it's tolerable most days. Oh um, I have three kids, all grown, uh, wonderful girls. Uh, twins, I heard? Twins at 34 and a singleton at 36. Really, twin um, boys, twin girls? All, t- all girls. All girls, all that's girls. right. Oh, my goodness. Tuitions are long gone and over with, thank goodness. Uh, um, one of them was an NCA soccer player, and really? I'm very proud of her. And the kids are do, doing very, very well, uh, and make me very, very happy. Uh, so great. I've been here about a year, and I appreciate you recognizing that kind of one-year anniversary. Yes, and, and I can't I, believe I it's been it. a year already. And there's been much progress made, I think, in the last year, um, and we can talk about some of that if you wish. Um, I came here mm-hmm. from a job where I had responsibility for the facilities of of uh, four big hospitals, teaching hospitals. Uh, and it was very much a 24-7 job in that, you know, you're always providing patient care. The mm-hmm. hospitals are always, uh, you know, um, have patients in-house. Uh, that, that situation is a little bit different than this in that in the hospitals, we generated our own power. And we had uh, uh, high-pressure boiler plants that ran 24-7. Really? Yeah. And uh, if something happens, of course, mm-hmm. we need multiple levels of redundancy. And in a high-pressure plant, if there's a steam failure or a steam mm-hmm. breach, it's very problematic. Oh, my goodness. Belmont is a much different situation, whereas all low pressure, um, there's le- there are fewer crises in the school and town buildings in Belmont than there were in my previous job. That's good to know. How long were you in that previous job? Uh, four years. Four years. Well, what does a director of facilities do? Tell, tell us a little bit about it. So your in a nutshell, I'm responsible for um, an awful lot of the execution of capital projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, all the construction stuff is included in that, big um, renovations that we might have mm-hmm. ongoing. 
and uh, the preventive maintenance and ongoing routine maintenance. Mm -hmm. So my push um, as the director of facilities is really to increase awareness of the importance of preventive maintenance. Um, emergency maintenance is about 11 times more expensive than uh, preventive maintenance that's planned. Really? So, you know, there has been some progress over the last year uh, from many of the wonderful committees I work with and the people that I'm work with, I work with mm -hmm. um, in some acknowledgement that the model we've used in the past may not have been the right model. There's some acknowledgement okay. that um, we haven't funded the maintenance of our facilities. Right. Right. As they should so be. So I've heard. Uh, but I'm very encouraged. Um, but we don't have the, really have the money to do that, right? I mean, Belmont, it's always tight. Well, right, it is always tight. But it, you pay now or you pay later. And, exactly. and I can tell you it's no different than maintaining your car or your own house. Mm -hmm. Without regular oil changes in your car for $25 a piece, you'll eventually put a $10,000 motor in it. That is true. That is true. It's the same principle that applies to buildings. If we're not mm -hmm. doing the preventive maintenance on our HVAC systems, we'll end up spending 11 times more to replace right. major components. So what would you say were the, the biggest challenges you initially faced when you first started last May? Well, you know, the funding, which you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, certainly the, the budget was done before I, I came. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the TA was new at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, and Patrice Garvin, she, right? she made obviously the most informed decision she could make, but there was no one in the job, right. uh, my job that is, to talk with her about what the numbers should look like. So funding was an issue. Staffing um, was the second issue. And yes. then the third issue is really kind of uh, making one consolidated facilities department that school system had a facilities department. Mm -hmm, right. The town side had one as well. Um, and some years ago, a decision was made to consolidate them, but it was never really mm -hmm. effectively done. No. So now it's, it's kind of developing um, uniform standards and best practices, which are very important. It's no, no different mm -hmm. than any other business. We have to have best practices, right. uniform standards of measure. Um, and so we're walking down the road, putting all of those things in place. Well, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head. How many buildings do you oversee in Belmont? Well, it's about a million square feet. That's the easy way of doing it. A million it square feet. There's about a million square feet of what we call conditioned space. Condition is heated or, or um, otherwise occupied space. Okay. Well, I know that when you first started, right away there was a, a project going on that you had to oversee. you want to tell us about that? A little bit of trial by fire. <laughs> so we were um, adding an addition on to the Burbank School. Yes, and, a modular uh, addition. Right? Uh, yep, a mod addition, and there were all sorts of challenges um, almost at everything, from the delivery of the units to getting them installed and the groundwork that had to be done. Mm-hmm. It was just a very, very tough job. Uh, for a small, relatively small job, it was just wrought with challenges. But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it opened on time and came in at uh, about yeah. 403000 on the budget. A, really? Oh, yeah. that's great. And you were on a, a pretty tight deadline with that. You had to get it done before school opened. I mean, if you didn't, it really wouldn't have been good, right? It would not have been good. There were, <laughs> there were really no place, from what I understand. Of course, I was very new at the time. And I'm still new and still learning. 
Uh, but from what I understand, there was no place to put those kids. No. So we had to get it finished. And it was finished just in the nick of time. Well, thanks to you. Well, I, I've heard a lot of praise people. about you at, at you know, all the public meetings that I've, I've gone to. You know, they, do, they do publicly praise you, especially for that project, I know. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And um, I think, you know, some of that is working in the department's favor. By that I mean the trust and confidence people have shown in me is, is great because there is some acknowledgement about, again, how we fund the department and the model we should be using mm -hmm. for staffing or outsourcing. So it's... It's as good a relationship as I could ever expect. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the committees that I'm on, um, trust those people, and have developed a really good working relationship with them. You're on a lot of committees. Do you want to tell us about some of those? They're building committees. Well, voting member of the, uh, the high school building committee. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm on the DPW and police building committee. That's another project. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> The library committee, although it meets on the same night as DPW and police, so I must mm -hmm. admit I haven't been to the library committees that often. Right, but, and that's, uh, that seems to be much further out than the police and DPW and the, the high school building projects, which are, which are supposed to start this summer. That's right. At, simultaneously. <laughs> There's a huge amount of work that's going to happen at the high school uh, this summer. And, uh, what will right. your role be? What will you, what will you be doing? Because I know they have OPMs for each of the projects. but yeah, Anything over $2 million requires an OPM. Mm -hmm. um, and the OPM really um, has responsibility for that project mm -hmm. from the onset or even during the planning stage. But they have no responsibility, really, for the existing conditions. So when it comes to the high school, there'll be a bunch of stuff that has to be moved out, disassembled, moved out. Mm -hmm. Space has to be reapportioned. The OPM really doesn't get involved in that. The OPM, that's, that, that's you. That's, that's all me. So <laughs> that's all the all old you. stuff is me. All the new stuff is the, uh, the OPM. Now, you, how many people are in your department? Because I keep hearing that it's, it's understaffed. It is understaffed. Um, I've just hired someone new to be a facilities coordinator. Mm -hmm. And um, that's great. Uh, he's, uh, I think, uh, he's going to turn out to be a very, very good hire. And the, uh, and that's a new hire. We've never had anyone in that role before. No. And uh, so let me explain a little bit about why that role is important. The current model that we use very often in Belmont is to outsource services. So rather than having our own skilled tradespeople, for instance, I have one licensed electrician and one HVAC person. We don't have a licensed plumber. So plumbing services get outsourced. Okay. Uh, the challenge with that model is every three years we'll bid services. So depending on the contract, it would mm -hmm. be less than that. Mm -hmm. So we're always the victim of whatever the lowest price is. Right. Okay? That's not good. No, because the prices will vary. So we mm -hmm. had cleaning contracts that came in recently, mm -hmm. and I think the low bid was... One seven for memory, and I think the high bid was three two. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness we had the one point seven bid. Right. Otherwise, we would have been at two point four, which I think was the middle bid. Mm -hmm. I, uh, let's use these numbers for the sake of illustration, because I'm not exactly sure what those numbers were. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, from a cost control point of view, as long as the outsource model continues, we will always be at the whim of whatever that lowest bid is, mm -hmm. lowest qualified bid, right. which is the way uh, uh, the decision has to be made. 
So I was telling you about the facility coordinator mm -hmm. in plumbing, for example. Mm -hmm. So a coordinator does just that. Uh, we'll get a call from any, any building about a plumbing issue. Mm -hmm. Well, that requires a call to the vendor, scheduling, follow-up call to the requester, they're coming, another mm -hmm. follow-up to make sure that it was done as it should have been done, that the hours were appropriate, mm, right. the cost is appropriate. So it is a coordination task that is not something that is a good use of my time no. or my number two person who has left. We, oh, really? we hired someone, Drew is gone. Um, uh, he's got a wonderful opportunity elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But his job is really to do, be responsible for the day-to-day -day maintenance activity and keeping the buildings clean. So yeah, the schools you just in hired someone and now you're down someone. I'm down one. So yep. you're going to have to hire someone else. And then there's Cindy, who's the administrative Cindy is, uh, she's the mainstay of the department. Without, it is a small department, It's though. a very small department, and I can't underestimate the contribution that Cindy's made, mm -hmm. uh, because for some period of time, there was no one in the department but Cindy. I do think it's great that the town administrator for the next budget, the FY20 budget, has budgeted in that facilities coordinator position and, and additional um, money for your department that will cover, I don't know, what you tell me what that's going to cover. So, no, we got a budget. Fixing things? <laughs> fixing things. Um, there's a, there are a lot of things to be fixed because for many years there wasn't proactive maintenance. Yeah. Can you give me some examples of, of some of the things? Like I know you all actually brought something to show everybody a... Um, Something that you discovered. So I brought a prop that you have seen once before. Where and did at you your find request, this? And I brought it along it? again. <laughs> so what this is is actually a section of pipe. This is the old model of fixing things in Belmont. Oh my goodness. So it's my guess that at least one, two, three, four service calls were placed to fix this pipe, which is perforated. The right thing to do yeah. would have been to figure out what's wrong with the pipe on the right. first call. Yeah. So this pipe is perforated. And it got perforated because the water quality inside of the pipe was never monitored. It's that oh pay God. now or pay later. Right. So if we had been proactive in making sure the water quality is good, mm -hmm. testing it regularly, mm -hmm. then this pipe probably may not have become perforated. So they came in and put a clamp on it. Then there was another service call for another perforation. I cannot believe it. So we don't do things that way anymore. Where was that? I'm not telling. You're not going to tell. I'm well, not telling. what has been done now to make it right? Did you put a the, new pipe? The, the I mean, pipe is cut out. <laughs> and then and how is the water? How is the water quality? The water quality is better. The pipe has been cut out, and we now regularly uh, That's measure scary. water quality. That is scary. What you just showed me. Have you have you seen any other scary things like that that you weren't able to bring in? <laughs> no, that that that. That's problematic. There, there are yeah. things that have not been tended to, but we know that. Uh, part of the reason it, they haven't been tended to mm -hmm. is because the money hasn't been there to do it. Okay. And the, the right business case hasn't been made. Mm -hmm. I have to compliment the TA for mm -hmm. um, helping with the budget. Yeah. Uh, the Warren Committee is also, um, we're going to them with a request for additional monies. Mm -hmm. uh, the Capital Committee has been... Uh, uh, I, I hesitate to say generous because that might create the wrong impression, but the Capital Committee has acknowledged the needs mm -hmm. that we have and mm -hmm. funded it appropriately. So I think 
um, we've made real progress, and there is that acknowledgement of underfunding. You want to tell me about some of the some of the uh, other other needs that will finally get funded? Sure, we have a number of life safety issues. Oh, know. really? Uh, life safety, trip, trip and fall kinds of stuff that, oh, really? that has to be fixed. It has to be fixed. Uh, is this all the stuff that you've, you've discovered in that first year? Like, how did you find out about all these issues? Is it, or is it just things that you inherited? A lot of it I inherited. Mm -hmm. Some of it is discovered. Uh, for instance, at one of the schools, uh, we were continually getting heat complaints out of one of the rooms. Really? That it was too hot? No, it wasn't hot enough. Not hot enough. Yeah, so uh, after the first one, you know, we made sure they kind of did the routine stuff. Mm -hmm. Is the boiler running? Is it at the right temperature? Do we have the white water pressure? Are there any restrictions in the line? We look at all of those basic things. Mm -hmm. On the face of it, that's what you look at and assume that it's okay. Well, we get another heat uh, complaint out of the same room. Really? So now we start to look further and discovered that in that case, there just wasn't enough heat around the perimeter of the room. Really? So we put How do you in, fix that? <laughs> put in a section of pipe. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's special pipe that has fins in it that radiates mm -hmm. heat. It was not uh, particularly expensive to do, but I think in the old days that may have been neglected because we had to take out built-ins, we had to take out bookcases, mm -hmm. and it was a little bit of a project. Right. But it was done in five or six hours and complete, mm -hmm. and there'll never be a heat problem there again. That's so good. when we hear about these things, we do the obvious. But instead of letting it go after the obvious is done, mm -hmm. if it continues to be a problem, we dig and dig and dig and dig until we find it. It's our mm -hmm. job. That's good. I know lead in the water at the schools was a big issue that your predecessor, uh, Jerry Boyle, dealt with. It, um, I think what they've done is they've basically shut off all the faucets that had issues. But is, is there anything go that's going to be done to fix those faucets at some point so they're usable again? So John Phelan, superintendent, just asked me about the bubblers the other day. There's a, a little push um, from parents to get mm -hmm. bottle fillers on some of the bubblers. Some yeah. of the kids today are using mm -hmm. uh, bottle fillers. So we're going to retrofit some. We've replaced some, um, uh, I, I guess because of my age, I call them bubblers. Technically, they're water fountains. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> Either one sounds, I don't know. I don't want to sound too, too dated, <laughs> but I am dated. Look. Um, so, I always thought it was a water fountain. <laughs> yeah, it is a water fountain. Um, so what happened was um, there was actually in the water fountain itself a part that had lead in it, and that was causing the elevated lead levels. Oh, it wasn't really? necessarily a line issue at all. And I just recently looked at the water because someone asked me a question about it. It was done before my time, so I pulled out the results and looked at it. Our levels, when they were problematic, mm -hmm. were still within the EPA range. Well, that's good. Yeah, they really weren't a problem mm -hmm. necessarily, but... It did make headlines, Steve. It did make headlines. <laughs> in and, my paper. <laughs> well, it's the kind of thing where, you know, if something's potentially carcinogenic in the ground, we'd want to take it out, right? Right. So it was fixed. It's not a problem anymore. Well, how would you say Belmont's facilities compare to... I don't know if you have a way of comparing our facilities to other towns. Do you talk to other facility directors in other towns? Like, Is this like just a... a are these common issues, or is it just unique to Belmont that we have these issues? Do other towns have similar issues? Yeah, everyone has the issues. It, 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 they're really a function of, of 
how proactive the town has been over time. Mm -hmm. Right now we have a situation of really uh, cumulative challenges, if mm -hmm. you will, for towns that have been more uh, proactive, they're yeah. less. I do talk to my counterparts, uh, in particular a couple that are abutters. I do speak with them. They struggle with the same kind of issues that mm -hmm. we struggle with. You know, do we, for instance, staff the department and incur that long-term legacy cost? If someone's with us 20 years, it's mm -hmm. all of those associated retirement costs. I'll continue to outsource. Yeah. And I think there has to be a balance between those two. Um, I would like to see us add more staff okay. um, um, because we get a predictable result. We have the longitudinal knowledge that someone builds up in a building. Call a plumber, mm -hmm. although we'd like to get the same person, and we do very often. Yeah. We don't always. Mm -hmm. um, so figuring out where valves are in buildings takes time. Whereas if we have our own staff that knows the equipment, knows the legacy of that equipment, they walk in and say, well, you know, I fixed that once before. I know what's going on with mm -hmm. this one. Um, and they have a, a different starting point than someone who walks in cold. So certainly I'm an advocate of adding more staff because I think in the long run it saves us money. Well, you, you've got to prove for one staff person for this fiscal year, uh, I mean for the next fiscal year, maybe for 2021, they, they might approve another one if, if they see the... I mean, what does it take to get them to approve it? You have to like make your argument to the town administrator well, I appreciate the predicament she's in. Um, mm -hmm. She's going to balance the budget. Mm -hmm. And there are other priorities in addition mm -hmm. to facilities. So I get that and understand that. So some of it is a matter of just pure metrics. Right. You know, how much are we spending to outsource this versus mm -hmm. uh, uh, how much it would cost to do it inside? On the school side, it's a little bit different. Um, so, for instance, the Board of Selectmen have adopted... Mm -hmm. what's called level three cleaning as the standard. Okay. So now we have a target, level three. Mm -hmm. Level three described a certain a bunch of characteristics having to do with what the building should look like. Level one is really hospital cleaning. Okay. Well, to get to level three, it means that we need X number of resources per square foot. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of national numbers around those kind of things. Oh. Um, so we're putting these models in place, and I think some of that will drive the staffing levels. Well, that's good. I mean, is there ever a typical day for a director of facilities? I have no idea what I walk into in the morning. Really? Sometimes I get calls on the way in um, because something's happened that morning. I, I will regularly get calls in the evening about something happening. It's, it's, every day is a new day. What would you say you like about your job? What do you like most about your job? Exactly that. I hate the predictability of going in and moving paper from one side of my desk to the other, which is not what I do, frankly. I'm out there a lot. I'm very, very proactive. Mm -hmm. uh, if It's important for me to see and understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. See it firsthand, touch it. For instance, uh, we had a challenge at Wellington with lighting controls. It's a new building, too. Yeah, but Why is that? Why do new buildings have more issues than old buildings sometimes? Well, it's not that so much that it had, um, a new, um, mm -hmm. it had more issues than an old building. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, you know, some of the technology in that building was, it was um, developed mm -hmm. many years before the building was built. Oh, really? It, well, sure. I mean, we're not buying technology mm -hmm. 
for the first time f just made for that building. So the controls were five years old at the time. Mm -hmm. We had one fail. Um, so it meant literally me several days in the basement of the building with the electrician, putting in the device, talking to someone in Chicago who knew how to program the device. Really? And real hands-on stuff, yeah. And I enjoy that. Just like with Burbank, um, I was over there looking at blacktop, making mm -hmm. sure that the compression rate was correct and we were getting what we paid for. How did you get this, this hands-on experience that you, that you have? So for many, many years, almost my entire life as an avocation, I've been a builder developer and mm -hmm. been involved with buildings of one kind or another. I really love buildings. They're yeah. very tangible, very concrete. Um, the results are clear. Mm -hmm. Something was broken and it's fixed. Yeah. You know, it's, there's no gray in that. It's very black and white and that is very much what appeals to me. Um, so for many years, I was doing something different. Uh, my primary life was in consulting. And, um, um, you know, I had the benefit of selling my company young mm -hmm. and then uh, got more heavily involved in uh, the building stuff than I had ever been. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I, uh, I rode the train right to the bottom in 2008 oh, and went I back know. to work. Yeah, it was yeah. a tough time. Well, I know I, I think Belmont's lucky to have you and what what do you think will be your your greatest challenges in the in the coming year with the the all these construction projects happening simultaneously the high school and the police and the DPW what what do you think will be the greatest challenges Well, for fortunately, you? during the construction phase, I'm not very much involved. It's the day they finish the building and hand me the keys. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think do you think I mean because you've been sitting on, in on these meetings, do you do you think that things will go smoothly and, and that we're making the right decisions? Because I know there was the $30 million overage on the budget for the high school recently, and they had to make some changes. Do you, do you think, because I believe quality is important, and you know sometimes if you want to save money, you might get something that's less quality, but then in the end, like you said, you, you end up paying more. Do you, do you think that we're... With the high school, they made the right decisions? Um, I think they have. I think uh, Bill Lavallo and, and Pat Bruce have done an outstanding job mm -hmm. ushering that job to the point where it is now. And I think they're making the right decisions, and I wouldn't say that gratuitously. It's just kind of not mm -hmm. my nature. But they're really, yeah. really making good decisions. Um, it's also difficult when you begin to conceptualize a project and begin to get theoretical pricing. And that's really all it is. Mm -hmm. You kind of mm -hmm. get a model, you go out there in the market and begin to see what this costs. Yeah. And the numbers are bigger than you expect. Right. So then you go into this value engineering phase, which has just happened with the high school, mm -hmm. and they begin to make some modifications. I mean, $30 million is a lot of money. <laughs> It is a lot of money, but you know. But it, they did it. it they got it to, back on budget. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in on the the police and DPW job, for example, you know there was a, an additional request mm -hmm. for I think three point seven. Just for that. got approved. Yes. Just got approved. Town meeting approved it. And Anne Marie Mahoney uh, also positioned that mm -hmm. as best as she could uh, in front of uh, uh, town meeting. <laughs> yes. When she stood there and essentially begged for additional money and took right. the hard questions, yeah. but. When you look at a building from afar, mm -hmm. plan an addition on the project, which was the original scope of work, mm -hmm. an addition. And then you start to look at it, and people say, you know, this is really going to be a hard job trying to do this occupied. So then mm -hmm. you begin to consider, okay, if we move everyone out, 
what's the real value in that and how much do we save and what's the lost productivity by keeping them there yeah you know working around a job in your own house if you've ever done any renovation yes you know after a month worth of dust you've had it you know yeah, can you imagine true. a job like this that long and under those conditions so i think when we started to look at that building carefully and I mean, look at it carefully. I looked at the front stairs, for example, three times before I really understood what kind of condition they were in. Mm -hmm. And they had to be replaced. Okay. Uh, it's a big number. Yeah. So do you do, you do these things now, in, or as she said, do them down the road incrementally mm -hmm. when it will be much more expensive? So the ask was the right ask. And when we finish with that building, um, it'll have a 75-year useful life, I think. Let's hope, right? Yeah, I think, and I, mean, I, think, I think both jobs will. We're definitely move saving along. money by not building a brand new facility, which is that's good. right. Uh, it's too bad they couldn't do that with the the high school and save us three hundred million dollars. <laughs> but and the library, I think, is a beautiful building, but I know it, it has its issues too. I know the infrastructure's really old. So, mm -hmm. but you know, I do hope that you stick around because Belmont needs you. Oh, thank you. And you are doing a great job and. You know, I wish you luck in, in the next year. I know you said you don't have a contract. Maybe that will change. Um, you know, I thought that everybody in, in a high position had like a three-year contract, but I was... No, was some of us don't. Yeah. And, and frankly, the, part of the reason I think about it is when you think of my job, I have contact with an awful lot of people in town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All the committees, the subcommittees, people who are calling and asking for one thing or another. So that's a lot one thing or another. That's mm -hmm. a lot of exposure. And I'm not always saying, yes, I can do that. Sometimes I'm saying no. So with that kind of exposure, there will be some population of people that just are not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. A contract gives anyone under one a level of comfort, that's all. Okay, well, I was so glad to have you on the show to talk about the, the past year and, and your future projects, and I wish you, I wish you luck in the My coming pleasure. year. Thank you very much for acknowledging the year. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Belmont Buzz, Belmont's newest talk show. And stay tuned. There'll be, there'll be another buzz that we'll be talking about really soon. There's lots of buzzing in Belmont. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.